A quick content warning. Much of the recording for this episode was done outdoors in a rural area. Distant gunshots may be heard intermittently throughout the episode, but are most noticeable during my final interview with Alice C. Thanks for listening and take care. Hello, I'm Clay Wallace, and I'd like to invite you on a tour of my hometown. Welcome to Any Old Place, a podcast of the Capital City Museum where we explore unique places in Frankfort, Kentucky, from the past and through the present. We're in a gym packed full of people. There's a stage at the far end where a man sets up a karaoke machine. Tables are set up in front of the folded up bleachers surrounding the basketball court. Booths with artisans selling jewelry, soap and gourd art, pottery, jams and jellies. By the door are tables with prizes, a cake for the afternoon's cakewalk and stacks of vintage books for the silent auction. Behind me is a free coat and shoe exchange. Outside, a food truck is parked beside a circle of chairs, and photographers arrange an autumn backdrop while children explore the jungle gym and monkey bars on the playground. We're at the Bald Knob School, celebrating the Bald Knob Fall Festival. It's not the first ever, but it's the first one in a long time. Bald Knob is a rural section of Franklin County, northwest of Frankfort. The hills have a totally different character from the city in the valley below. Just a few minutes drive up 421, and it's suddenly grassy green slopes, steep creeks, and winding driveways connecting distant neighbors. When my family first moved here from western Kentucky in the 1960s, Bald Knob is where they settled. This wasn't unusual. Land in this part of the county was cheaper than land elsewhere, so the area held a mix of multi-generational farming families and new residents. I'll take you on a more thorough exploration of Bald Knob in a future episode, but today we're spending our time at the old Bald Knob School on Flat Creek Road, where my mom, my aunt, and my uncle were students through the mid-70s. A brief history of the school was written in the introduction to Home Cooking Secrets of Bald Knob, a book published by the school's PTO in the early 1980s and read for us now by Museum and Historic Sites Supervisor Eleanor Haskin-Wagner. Tradition has it that the name Bald Knob harkens back to the days when the great herds of buffalo roamed over Kentucky. In their trek from one salt lick to another, these huge beasts followed definite trails or traces. One of them led over the hill where our school stands. Here on these hills, the great shaggy animals rested, and their trampling hooves and big bodies wore the hills bare or bald. People began to speak of these bare hills as bald knobs and regard them as landmarks. Gradually, the name was applied to one hill only, and thus tradition gave us the name Bald Knob. Bald Knob School was established in 1836 at a site approximately one mile northwest of the present location. It was the typical ungraded one-room school of its day. The small rectangular building with two windows on each side faced a mud road, which is now Highway 421. Later, the school was moved to the present location, and the former site became known as Little Bald Knob. In 1913, the second Bald Knob School was built on land obtained from Alice Simones, who stipulated that the land was to be a gift so long as it was used for school purposes. People in the community donated labor on the two-room structure. This building grew as needed rooms were added to frame the structure. 
The cloakroom became the library, and books were handed out the window to the pupils who stood outside. The Dahl Lumber Company began construction of the new Bald Knob School in spring of 1939 on land obtained from Mrs. Florence Choir. The Board of Education purchased three acres for $500. The new building, consisting of 28 rooms, was completed late in 1939, and pupils and teachers carried book, furniture, and personal belongings across the road to the present structure. Numerous changes and additions have been made with the passing of years. In 1958, the school became a junior high school, and in 1973, Bald Knob became an elementary school. The school closed in May of 2004 after graduating its last batch of students, 16 fifth graders. It was replaced by Westridge Elementary off Devil's Hollow, and the property was sold at a public auction the next year. Since then, it's been mostly quiet out here, with the exception of its stint as a haunted house in the 2010s. But today, under new ownership, the building is once again open to the surrounding community, even if just for a day. We'll talk to the current owner, Alice C., at the end. Like our earlier episode on the 127-yard sale, I spent the day interviewing folks attending the event. Many were locals from the surrounding Bald Knob area, and many of those, like Jean Redding, were former students. My father and mother were janitors here for about 40 years, 30-some-odd years, and uh, I grew up and worked here free. I was a free help for a long time, <laughs> and uh, they loved it. They loved working here. I've spent nights here when it was really cold and bad weather. We had an old stoker furnace that uh, you had to put coal in to keep it hot in the building. And we would stay all night. I'd sleep on the table in the home ec room. And my parents would sleep in the teacher's lounge. And we'd stay all night and he'd keep the coal uh, furnace full of coal so it would be warm the next day. And I, as I say, I've spent a lot of years here. My job was to clean the gym and the two bathrooms on the first floor. That was my job every day. Did you also attend to the school? Yes, I did. Uh, but when I was in the uh, 10th grade, we had to go to Franklin County. Schools consolidated, all the county schools. I went to Franklin County. So did you grow up in living in the Bald Knob area as well? Yes, I lived on Hart Pike. Grew up on Hart Pike. What sort of memories do you have that make it I guess a distinct place to have come from. Like, for instance, when you went to high school uh, in the 10th grade at Franklin County, were the people who you were with, uh, that you had been in Bald Knob with, okay. still people you were close All to? Right. When I went to, I was in the 11th grade, beginning the 11th grade, uh, yes, I was uh, a lot of friends. It was different for all of us, because they put, uh, it seemed like Elkhorn was the biggest school to go up there and it seemed like everybody was uh, uh, that was really into stuff was from Elkhorn but uh, Peaks Mill and Ball Knob and Bridgeport sort of came in after that and uh, but uh, yeah I loved uh, here I was into a lot of things you know I was uh, uh, in the beta club and all kinds of, we had all kinds of things fun what, what sort of programs and clubs did they have here we had debated club, we had uh, homemakers, uh, future homemakers of America, FHA, you know, they don't have that anymore, and FFA, and uh, 
We had parties, grade parties. We used to have, uh, I don't know what we called them. We, uh, they used to call them cotillions at other places, but we would have a, a dance every now and then, you know. And the problem was the boys wouldn't dance, the girls had danced with each other back in those days. So it, it was a lot of fun coming here. I, I really missed it. I did not like Franklin County. Were the dances held in the gym? Oh, yes, in the gym. They were held in the gym. My parents, or my grandparents, were from Hopkinsville, but they moved to Bald Knob when they first moved to Frankfurt in the 60s. And uh, something that they said to me was that Bald Knob gets hit by weather that the rest of Frankfurt really doesn't seem to get. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of flash floods, you know, and I've been in them. Don't want to be in any more. I'm scared to death of them. But, uh, uh, you know, I knew the principal, the uh, last principal that we had, Mr. Bonder, was here the whole time I was here. And uh, his daughter, one of his daughters was my best friend, you know, and uh, uh, we had good times together. Got into a lot of things maybe we probably shouldn't have, but we, got, we, we had a good time. The principal Bondrant, Jean mentions, is Roy Bondrant, who Bondrant Middle School on the west side of town is named for. Well, he was a principal here for years, and then he was a superintendent of Franklin County Schools for, for a long time. And then they named, uh, when they built uh, Bondrant, and, you know, my kids had to go to Bondrant. It was a middle school. See, we went here just high, uh, all the way through most of the years until we had to leave here and go to Franklin County. Even in like middle school and elementary school, was this also where students would go? When I went to, when I first, yeah, uh -huh, before they built Franklin County, we all went here from first grade to 12. No preschool, no kindergarten, first grade to 12th grade. So were there, I, I guess, over that kind of span, you get to know everybody in the school really well. About how many, about how many kids were here? I, I couldn't tell you. I don't remember. But it wasn't a whole lot. I mean, you knew everybody. I mean, everybody. It was just like a, a one big family. So I see that the sign says Bald Knob High School, um, but you say that the whole, the whole grade schools were there. Did you know if there used to be a separation and it just kind of merged together, or...? My daddy went to a one-room school on Hart Pike when he was growing up. So, uh, no, I guess when they built the school, it always just went from first to 12. Because I had uh, several family, family members that graduated from the 12th grade here, you know, and I was counting on it. Didn't work out, but I was counting on it. All the teachers, you knew all the teachers, knew them all well. Of course, and I knew them better probably than a lot of kids because I was here after school every day, you know talking to them or doing something for them or whatever. Are there any teachers that you think of fondly still? Oh yes, but a lot of them passed away. Do you have any stories about them or thoughts or people's names that you'd like to share and kind of remember? Well, Miss Vivian Moore, she talked, uh, 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 she was in the library and she taught English and uh, she is a, she was a very particular lady. I knew her, her brother was, uh, uh, and I can't think his name right this minute, he was a vice principal in one of the schools at the time, and she, uh, the boys would, uh, she wouldn't pass if you can say poetry. I hated poetry, hated poetry. And uh, the boys would have to go down the hall and, I, and they would have to recite their poetry to me, you know, so that uh, she would pass them. 
out of the, <laughs> so they could graduate. <laughs> we, yeah, we had a lot, a lot of good times. Um, I remember all the teachers. Probably something about all of them. If I had time, I just don't know. Uh, Ms. Moore was my first grade teacher. Then after I went to work at Bridgeport, she taught school over there, and she never did really like to admit she taught me in the first grade. <laughs> so did you uh, teach when you were at Bridgeport? No. Okay. I worked in the cafeteria. I managed the cafeteria at Bridgeport for, for 28 years. Worked there. Worked there first and then became manager. If you had to describe the Bald Knob area to someone who, who'd not been out here before or wasn't familiar with it, how would you how would you describe it to people? Well, I don't really know now because it's changed so much when we came in today. My son brought me. Uh, it just seems different. It's changed. So many more houses are built. You know, I knew who lived here and then I knew who lived there and then, gosh, oh, it'd be a whole bunch in between that I didn't know. It's really changed, but it's a good place. Ball Knob. I have fond memories of Ball Knob. And uh, as I say, I grew up on Hart Pike right in the middle of it. It's a little bitty road going through there. And, uh, I, I was looking at that flagpole a while ago. That flagpole was new almost when I came here. Daddy became janitor after Johnny Hoover, who lived in the house over there, uh, quit. He was an older man. And uh, we'd raise that flag up and down. You and your dad? Yeah, at different times. And they'd all, they uh, would have different things around the flagpole. But that's, uh, it looks like it's about ready to rust in two. I, I've been, I was listening to an interview that uh, John Herod had given about, uh, about Bald Knob, and he was talking about how, you know, he grew up in Henry County, but a lot of his family was in Bald Knob. Do, did people growing up in Bald Knob, when you were growing up in Bald Knob, did they feel connected with Franklin and Frankfort and Franklin County or with say Henry County or were, did they feel like they were their own kind of self-contained community? Pretty much. Uh, you know, it was, uh, the neighbors were always really, really friendly. My daddy drove a bus before he became janitor and uh, one thing that we used to do is uh, he'd let us off at this little store when he was going to Henry County, he turned around to Henry County line, and he would let us off at the little store, and it was run by Yancey Estes. And we'd go in if we had a nickel or a dime and get candy or something, and then he'd pick us up on the way back. He'd turn around, come back, pick us up, and and uh, take us, you know, home or back to school or wherever we were going. And you, you can't do that now, you know. So many things we used to do that you can't do now. Jean waved over a friend of hers, Connie Moore. They attend church together at North Benson Baptist, several miles southeast of here. I asked Connie what drew her to the festival. I just came because I had worked here and children went here and I just wanted to come back and see it. How long did you work here for? I worked here for almost 20 years. And what did you do when you worked here? Well, I started out with the cafeteria monitor and then I went from there to the library and worked in the office a year and then I was a kindergarten aide. So what are things that you kind of hold fondly about having, having been here at this school for so long and getting to, getting to know the students here, or maybe the other teachers here? Okay. It was small. It was just small, and you had small groups, that, and you got to know everybody, even the ones in the community, you know, <laughs> and everything. So I just enjoyed the smallness of it and the country. About how, how big was the class sizes? 
They would go from 18 to 20, you know, smaller than what they have now. And did you continue working with schools after Bald Knob closed? Yes, after we closed, we went to Westridge, the new school, and I worked a couple of years there. Of course, I would work here, and when my youngest son started, he would cry for me. And every time I'd see him, I'd have to dodge in the office or a classroom to keep him from seeing me. <laughs> or he'd run and grab your leg <laughs> and everything. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Everything, but, uh, I love to work with all the teachers, you know, and the children and stuff. And the parents, everything just seems different. And you had a lot of generations here, so your yes. family's here with you. Yes, and my husband drove the school bus, and he did uh, custodian work part-time. The Bald Knob Festival was very much a family event. I spoke to Donna McKeon, who was there with several generations of hers. Who all is here with you at the Fall Festival today? My mom and my daughter, and then some friends of ours. And the people that you see at the Bald Knob Festival, are a lot of them people that you recognize? I recognize a couple of them. Not too many, though. Tell me a little bit about what it was like to attend bald knob from a young age up to graduation oh it was it's a lot different as now <laughs> it was fun there wasn't too many kids in the class so it was you know that was nice um i just remember those air ac units in the windows because <laughs> sometimes they wouldn't work sometimes they would you know we used to think that the there's two parts of the basement or it's like there's a basement on the left side and based on the right side. And one is the kindergarten classrooms and the other is where all the furnaces was. So everybody was like, oh, it's haunted down there. You know, you heard the noises, but yeah, it was fun. Did you feel growing up that the school here was a sort of cultural center of Bald Knob? Or yes, it was. All kinds of activities, fall festivals. We had little Christmas musicals and I think we might have even done a spring one at one time um, but yeah and it's like everybody was here gym was packed yeah do you did you feel like um, growing up in Bald Knob that there was a sense of community between other people who had grown up in Bald Knob oh yeah I still have friends from going to the school that we're still friends we have never stopped being friends <laughs> what years did you get, did you go to this school probably around 83 83, 84, I probably started kindergarten. Okay. So then that would have put me getting out of here five years later. <laughs> Six years later. <laughs> so, yeah. So where did you go to high school? Western Hills. Western Hills. Okay. Bondrip Middle. So. That's cool. Yeah. I always thought it was funny that, you know, here it was elementary school, but my granddad went here in his high school, and he played basketball. And I was always thought that was so weird that, you know, it, at one time it was a high school and then it was an elementary school, you know, but other than that, I don't really remember a lot, you know, just running around playing. When they, when this was just an elementary school, did they still have like the fixings of it being a high school? Did you have like pictures on the walls of like high school basketball yeah, teams? trophies and stuff still sitting around. I do remember in kindergarten, we had a boy who tripped in the classroom and ended up having to go to the hospital with stitches. And then when I was in, I think fourth or fifth grade, another boy, because we all were in the same grade every year, he fell on the playground and broke his leg. <laughs> I was like, we were cursed. There were several, you know, injuries, but I remember in the office, <clears throat> pressure wasn't nurses in the school, there was a little closet in there and that's what the band-aids were. You always had to go in and get a band-aid from Miss Nancy, the secretary, you know. Do you remember any teachers that you had? Oh, I know a lot of teachers. 
There was Miss Swinford, Miss uh, Miss Lore, Mr. Crow, Miss Bennett, uh, Miss Wigglesworth, Miss Zuki, Miss Hudson. I don't know. Do you know what Miss Bennett's first name was? What was Miss Bennett's first name? Tommy. Tommy. Tommy Bennett taught me piano. She worked here. I had no idea she worked she here. She did teach piano. <laughs> yeah, I never took lessons, but yeah. Mr. Crow was Rich Crow. He was, um, is he still the superintendent for the city schools? I wouldn't even know. He was the principal for the city school, and he might be the superintendent. Yeah, he was the fifth grade teacher here. That's cool. Yeah. Mr. Arnold was the PE teacher. I remember the big parachutes. My kids had those in school, but I'm like, no, your parachute is a toy. Ours was a real parachute. And you had the ball, and you know, you put it in there. But yeah, so I was like, that's a big difference now. <laughs> but I remember we went to school on election day, and it would be in the gym, and they would um, <clears throat> divide it up and be like, don't go over there. So we wouldn't go over there, you know, and we just played on the other half. Or if it was warm outside, we'd go outside and play. But yeah, I remember going and saying, we didn't get out for that. <laughs> I went back inside the gym, in a little concrete brick room off to the side. Jim Bowman, another former student, told me it was the ballroom, as in basketballs. It was my coaches uh, where we kept our uni uh, basketball uniforms and the basketballs and stuff. So were you on a basketball team? Yeah, we won the county championship in 1962 out here. That's awesome. Yeah. What, did you, were you on any other sports teams or clubs? Yeah, I was, uh, uh, out here I was uh, track, I was in track. That's about all we had out here, track and basketball. Where did they have you run for track? Uh, about six miles up the road and back. <laughs> it's so dangerous. Oh, God. It was bad. And our, our high jump was a sawdust pit, and that was hard. <laughs> yeah, I won the high jump uh, in 1962. Uh, they headed it to Kentucky State. It was all county, and they headed to Kentucky State down over the hill there at their track. And uh, we we had a good time up there. Was it different to jump into the sawdust pit here and then jump into uh, the... There was sawdust there, too. <laughs> yeah, so... I, I jumped. I wanted, I jumped six foot, and I was six foot tall then, but you know, I only weighed 150 pounds, so. <laughs> so do you still live out here in the Bald Knob area? No, I, I did up till I went to the Air Force. My mom, uh, we lived before you get to Bell Point. There on the left, going down. Oh, in the valley area? Uh, before you start down the hill, we lived there on the left. There was uh, two houses there, and my mom, and we lived in that one. It's got the driveway to it. I loved the school. They uh, had some great teachers and stuff out here. Are there any teachers you remember as being yeah. especially impactful on you? Yeah, Miss Goins. She went to my church in Harvard and. Uh, there's one, I can't remember, sixth grade, I can't remember her name, but she drove, she lived at Southern Hotel during the week and then went home on weekends. I can't think of her name. Didn't come in and have a spelling bee, whoever won got a little thing of soap from Southern Hotel. 
The music in the background was coming from the karaoke setup on the stage. When I stepped out into the gym, Brad Rubel was covering George Strait's Easy Come, Easy Go. Brad attended Bald Knob Elementary for five years, starting in 1976. There was one year, I don't remember exactly what year, probably 78 or 79, they had a group come in here. That they brought donkeys in on a horse trailer, and they had rubber horseshoes on, and they would bring them in through this door into the gym. The place was packed, the, both bleachers, both sides. And there was bus drivers and different people of the community that would take turns. They had four or five donkeys on each team. They didn't dribble the ball, they just held the ball and they was lucky to even pass it to the next fella. And they'd go try to shoot at their goal. But it was, I'll never forget it as long as I live, it was the wildest thing. Were they riding the donkeys? Riding them. And they're on that floor. And they would buck them off they hit the floor. You just don't hear about stuff like that nowadays. Who, who organized that? How did it happen? I don't, know, I don't know who organized it, but on the side of the horse trailer, it did say donkey basketball. And they think they, I think they went around the country, made money doing that. That's so funny. Brad told me about his first grade teacher. Uh, Miss Swinford, I loved her. And she, uh, we all made uh, little Christmas stockings that you cut out cardboard and she had them all laminated and had our first grade picture in it and mine says 1976 and I still have it to this day hanging in my closet. So were there was this school tight-knit enough that you felt personally known by your classmates by your teachers? Oh yeah to this day and it hurt me every time I'd hear of a teacher passing away it would bother me. There was Miss Swinford, there was Miss Smith, she was my, uh, she wound up being a librarian at Western Hills. I still got to be around her some. I had a second grade teacher named Miss Rogers. No, third grade teacher, Miss Rogers. Uh, Miss Bennett was my fourth grade teacher, Miss Tommy Bennett. And I had a, my fifth grade teacher here was Mr. Mosley. Uh, there was about between 18 and 20 kids in our class. And, you know, we kind of got scattered out over the years, but some of them ain't with us no more. Everyone who talks about it seems to speak so fondly of yeah. the people that, that were here. In the, in the, uh, when the weather was nice, when we'd be either up here playing, we'd always come down here and He'd have the boys line up on one side of the rail and the girls on the other. There'd be two lines. We'd all go in together. And a lot of fond memories inside that gym. He, Mr. Calvert was the, was the PE teacher, Homer Calvert. I think he's dead now. But he had uh, parachutes, original parachutes. We'd all grab a hold of them, play under. It was fun. We had a lot of good days here. Were you on any sort of teams or clubs or sports things? Never. I never was on a sports team. I went home and asked my dad one time if I could play basketball for Ball Knob, and he said, you know what, 
as much as I would like to. He said, we can't. You know, we, we were raising tobacco. We, I had to go to the barn. I was, we were raised to work, but I don't hold it against my dad. I, I know, you know, my, my mother, she was trying to stretch a dollar to make it. There was four of us kids at the time. Can you tell me about growing up in this area, what sort of joys you had, what sort of troubles there were out here that maybe wouldn't be familiar to people who live closer to the city? You never heard about anybody stealing, ever. Nowadays, you, you kind of wonder. I've had things stolen from me off my property. I didn't move off. I'm about four miles from the school. It takes me about seven minutes to get home from here. But got a lot of good memories of Ball Knob School. It bothered me when they, when Peaks Mill, when they changed, when they built the new Peaks Mill School, they left it Peaks Mill, but when they built the new school that replaced Ball Knob, they didn't leave the name Ball Knob. They changed it to West Ridge. And I've heard that all the trophies and things that was in there in the trophy case, I heard that a lot of them got thrown away. Shouldn't have ever, ever happened that way. But this, this really was a good place to be. How do you feel about this fall festival that happened today? What brought you out here today for this festival? Uh, I reached out to Alice, and uh, I noticed on a Facebook post she was putting together a fall festival, and she was looking for entertainment. And I've been singing since I was six years old, and I told her that I got in touch with her and told her I'd be glad to do it. I told her I didn't want nothing for it. So I came out and volunteered my time. Uh, I felt like it's been a good day. You sounded great. When I was in there listening, at first I didn't realize you were singing because I thought it, I saw you up there and I was like, oh, he's setting up the, the music to come through. It just, it sounded so good. I do imitations of 15 or 20 different country music singers. And I work on it so hard, my neighbors probably think, why is this guy singing the same song over and over? But that's what I do. Not just country singers. I heard you do a yeah. Prince song. Yeah, my sister-in-law talked me into that. It sounded really it's good. It's a hard one to do. <laughs> so, um, I know Bald Knob is not only, you know, a school that people have fond memories about, but it's also, I mean, it very much was a civic-oriented piece yeah. of Bald Knob. Yeah. What sort of things do you remember it offering, like fall festivals, like election things? What sort of things did this building offer to the surrounding community? Well, uh, I was involved in a little bit, not much. I didn't, like I said, I didn't get to play much sports, but I had some friends that did. And uh, they used to rent the gym out in the wintertime uh, a few nights a month. And I think it was like $50 for two hours, and everybody would chip in. They'd get to come over here and play. And everybody, had a, everybody had a good time. I still remember a whole lot of good memories about the, lunch, the way the lunchroom was. Uh, it, just, it was always a good place to gather, always was. And you grew up out here in the Bald Knob area, and you also continue to live out here? Yeah, I live just seven minutes from here. So for a lot of people in Frankfurt, you can live your whole life in Frankfurt and never go out to Bald Knob. Yeah. For people who maybe don't know about this place, don't know about what Bald Knob offers as a community, what the 
character and culture of the community is. How would you characterize that to someone who's never been out here before? Uh, love. A lot of love uh, in the community. There's still a lot of good people in Baltimore. One of the attractions at the festival was the fire truck, where kids climbed aboard to look around. It didn't have to travel far to get here. The old Bald Knob School and Franklin County Fire Station 6 are easily within view of each other, at two ends of the same curve in the road. I spoke with the three firefighters there. You have the newest guy on the Franklin County Fire Department. I can't tell you anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm that ain't too. <laughs> so, I'm Brian Miracle. Justin Howard. James Lacey. Did you go to Good Shepherd? I sure did. I thought I recognized you. I was like a year or two ahead of you. I graduated oh, in, well, I guess, what was it, 06, 07, I guess? I would have graduated in 08. So, yeah. Awesome, I okay. I, I, I thought <laughs> I recognized you. I, I asked Brian, my fellow Good Shepherd graduate, if Bald Knob was where he was typically stationed. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm uh, so, we're, so we had somebody that was off today. He got to be sick, so they needed me to come out here so I could ride up. So, but yeah, so I'm, I'm working out here today, and this is his station though. He, yeah. So we do four month rotations, and I'm rotated out there. Right now. So yeah, and this is our new guy who came out here to help out with the event. So what are you all here doing at the event today? Just passing out um, helmets and swag, fire department swag out to the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Are there any future firemen out there? I hope so. We had a few kids. I think were seemed like yeah. they were really interested in a truck and really like it. And yeah. of course, what kid doesn't like in a helmet? You know. So it's kind of it's kind of scary to to realize there was a, a kid that was on here that was eight. And I was like, well, I guess in ten years you'll be eligible to uh, yeah. apply and, and get on. Yeah. So how old are you? Are you 20? twenty? Twenty. You're twenty. Okay. Yep. Yeah. He's our youngest one on the department. He just got on now. So. Yeah. So tell me about, um, you said you're on four six-month rotations of where you're stationed? Yes, so mm -hmm. this is Station 6, Bald Knob Station. Um, there are six stations all across the, the, across the county, um, and each one of those we'll go to for four months as firefighters. Um, and uh, just every four months we go to the next one. Is that... Are you asking why we do that? Yeah, why do you do that? So there's, there's a couple reasons. Um, one is so that basically so you don't just get what's the word um, complacent complacent thank you um, so you don't get complacent where you're at um, uh, number I guess the second reason would be so you can learn the county uh, because it like like this guy he, he could be tomorrow or next day he could be asked to go to Owington Road and he would have to ride up at, o at Owington Road and he would need to know the roads he would need to know the um, need to know the, the location and the area and all that stuff so it just familiarizes us with the county and and knowing what to do and where to go and that kind of stuff what's so. the coverage of this station um actually this is the largest coverage um square square miles wide square mile mileage wise um but i think it's got it also has the fewest population so we cover um we start around snow hill um, as far as Ball Knob Road goes, and then we go to Henry County, all the way up to the line. Um, and then we go to the river uh, on this side, and then I guess to the county line on the other side. So so really, I mean, it's, it's a huge area. Um, there are some, I guess, what's the furthest away? That, and we go to the northernmost roads, and I, we've had runs that would take us, you know, anybody I mean, 35, 45 minutes to get to uh, a location well from here. Flat, Flat Creek or yeah. well, right. you know, Little Dixie or something like that. It could yeah. be, it could 
Yeah. The small roads are, are tough to navigate. Yeah, and, and I mean, we're, we're out here, and so I mean, it takes us 45 minutes to get there. We also, we don't have any ambulances, so if there's, an, if there's some kind of medical emergency or something like that, the ambulances will be coming from the city of Frankfurt. Um, or if the city of Frankfurt's full or completely used, sometimes they'll come from Anderson County or something like that. But So you can imagine if it takes us 45 minutes to get there, it could take an hour for somebody in the city to get there. So it's a, it's sometimes it's it's hard to get there fast. How many engines are in the? Just one that we use. Once uh, we have a, a, a reserve that we use as a backup, and just in case something happens with the engine. Yeah. And then so. we also have a brush truck. Yeah. That's in there, and, and we just got new brush trucks. But that's in case we get if there's a, a brush fire somewhere, um, or if we get someplace and we can't, this doesn't fit down the driveway, and we can't get back there, so we'll use that. Um, it, it has a pump, it has a, um, some hoses and, and different tools that we use on it. Are there any limitations about the size of the roads or in what ways do you have to accommodate when that you might not have to do when you're driving in the city for like the rural environments like this in Northern Franklin County? Just gotta be careful. Um, it, it might impact time just cause uh, you gotta worry about the shoulder of the roads breaking away or something on you. Um, but really the main thing that I, I know we run across a lot out here is that you'll have to bring the brush truck with the engine just because a lot of houses sit far off the back of the road and you can't get that engine down the driveway. So you bring your brush truck, hop in the brush truck and you know, go on back down the driveway just because right. we can't make it. And you know, it's rural farms and all that stuff. You know, so. and, and I guess another, another aspect of that is um, that there are roads that only this will fit on. And so there are times when we've, we've been going down a one lane road. There's several roads that are just wide enough for this engine to go down. So if we meet a car, um, either they're gonna have to get off. We, we cannot get off the road because this is so heavy. Um, and there are also bridges in the county that we can't go over because it's so heavy. So um, I know at, so if, if Station 5, which is out Schweitzer, um, if they respond to, let's say, two creeks, they have to go all the way around. They can't go because there's a bridge that we're not allowed to go on right there. So being stationed out here, how long have you been at this station on your rotation? This is my second, third month. I'm just going on my third month out here. So, but this is also my third rotation out here. So what do you like? What, what do you like about being stationed out here? What does your day look like out here that uh, makes it novel for you? Um, basketball court. <laughs> no, huh? I'm joking. What did you say? I said the basketball court and I said no, I'm joking. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I would say... It's a community, it's more of a community station. And so um, we go on runs. Most of the time we know the people. Um, the guy that I usually work with, uh, Jonathan Moore, he knows almost everybody out here. And so we go on a run and he's like, oh, you're su you know, such and such. And, and so there's a lot of times when we go and, and things are sometimes easier because we know people or we know, oh, that's this house, that's this house. And uh, so a lot of times just, just having the knowledge of the area and, and being in a, in a small area like that, it helps. So, yeah. Have you been stationed out here at this one in the yeah, past? Yeah. What have you liked about being stationed so, at this one? Um, no, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, oh, I really like the community people out here. And I mean, you know, you stop down here at the little market and get to chat with people and, 
you know, everyone loves to see the, you know, see, talk to the firefighters and have, ask us questions. And I don't know, it's just, it's fun. Like, you know. The pizza at the Little Market is Yeah, the pizza we, really is the best pizza in town. It's, it's the best I swear, pizza in town. I swear it is. Where's the Little Market? Right here, right, the, the, the little shop the right here. Like where 421 meets Black Creek right huh, here. Huh, okay. So, yeah, and you stop there and, or you pre-order your pizza and it takes yeah. like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. It's I've pretty heard fast. The, I heard they have really good burgers too. I haven't had a burger from there. I haven't either, but. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, the people the people are here are nice. It's just kind of like a, it's a little bit, you know, slower way of life, but it's just, it's fun. Like, you know, and, and when you get out here and get into something, and you, I, we have fought like brush fires that are kind of stressful out here because you're fighting up and down the the land. But I mean, it's fun. There's just, you know, there's something to do. And... I asked the firefighters the same question about the weather that I'd posed to Gene earlier. Yeah. Um, and something that they have always said is that it felt to them like weather always hit harder in Bald Knob than the rest of the city. I swear. It's because of the hills. I swear it is. I, I think it has something to do with the river, too. I, I really think if you watch the radar during the yeah. when, when we have a storm or something, the river almost deflects or moves weather. A lot. Well, there was like that bad storm when it, the wind came through real bad and they all got inside the, they had oh, to yeah. get inside the engine because it felt like the, oh, the yeah. structure was about to blow over. I mean, it, it was terrible wind. I've been in there during, we had a really bad storm a couple of years ago when I was here. Tornadoes and stuff. And, and literally the doors are blowing and, I mean, you can see the, yeah, like yeah. The, the pressure inside. It's almost it's like just, it's breathing. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, that, little, that little building probably wouldn't stand much chance against the tornado. Well, that that's another thing that that you do have to watch out for out here is because the you know whenever bad storms stuff co- come through, a lot of people don't realize like trees and limbs and all kinds of stuff get blown across the road. Then we got be out be out there in it and go pick it up. And so all through the night, you know, we're basically working as like a road crew or second you know secondary road crew, you know, cleaning up the roads and trying to make sure everything's safe. So I will say this about the Baltimore area though, and that that is. It's one of the slower stations in Franklin County, and, and I think that that is because a lot of people in, in Bald Knob would rather do something themselves than, whereas there's a lot of other stations that people call us and, and they have a, a toenail that's gotten ripped off and, you know, Bald Knob people. <laughs> Bald, Bald Knob people are like, ah, I'll just get in the car and drive. Uh. So, I mean, it really is. Like, I think that that has a lot to do with it. And a tree falls, I, I would say Bald Knob has, for being as far out as we are, we probably have less calls for trees down than even some of the stations. Because get out there and yeah, do, yeah, exactly. do it themselves. They, they do it themselves. Yeah. Over and over, I heard similar testimonies of Bald Knob's character, a community full of people who know how to work hard and how to be good neighbors. I spoke with Eric Wisman, magistrate of Franklin County's District 6, which includes Bald Knob. Wisman is no newcomer to this area. He graduated Bald Knob Elementary School in 1993. It was built as the high school, and there were, to my understanding, three, uh, three schools built all identical. Elkhorn, Peaks Mill, and Bald Knob, they were all the same plans in 1939. It's up there on the top. So is this the same playground that it looked like when you were a kid? Yeah, for the most part. None of the, uh, the jungle gym or the, the uh, thing, what is that? I don't know, dome? Those weren't here, but this was put in when I was here, and those swings date to, like, the 50s, apparently. Wow. And there used to be, uh, I talk about all the time, there used to be a maypole right here that was this tall pole that had chains that hung down with a handle on it, and you would just spin and fly off, you go swinging, and there was a merry-go-round, you know, the, the death traps there, 
and the huge metal slide that would burn you all the way down back here. And I think there were some teeter-totters, if I remember. And that's about it. Where in the area did you grow up? How close to the school were you when you went here? When I grew up in Bald Knob, I was just on 421, like three houses down. So the top of our property, you could see the school from. I could I could walk here. That's cool. Yeah, that's neat. Was there a lot of overlap between this area as a community center and this area as a school? Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I really am disappointed in the, uh, the school board's decisions to remove the schools from the heart of the community, especially Peaks Mill and Bald Knob, because they were actively the community centers in addition to the schools. So, you know, whether it was the the fall festival or like this today or the Christmas parade or play or um, any of the other activities throughout the year, voting in the gym every year, you know, it was the, the heart of the community. And I think the uh, that community feeling left when the schools closed in, in both the communities or as far as I can tell. So, so hopefully in the future, um, you know, why I was supporting Alice and them today to bring this back was to try to incubate some more feeling of communities you know post-pandemic so many social institutions are failing and going away all of our churches are dwindling um, so there aren't those opportunities to to meet neighbors and and even know anybody as much anymore um, we're all isolated so we need we need things like this so one of one of my initiatives hopefully is going to be with that firehouse um, and the Peaks Mill one as well, since they're both voting districts, to build a community room onto those eventually, um, where we can have voting, but where we can have community activities if there wants to be a social club or a, there's a Bald Knob Historical Society that I've been helping um, that's organized to have a place to meet. And uh, talking to our libraries about expanding some of their services out in the county more with, with kiosk type activities for, for movie rentals, book rentals, that kind of thing, so we can have some, some better access to educational materials out here now that the schools are gone. So Eric is the third generation of his family to have attended Bald Knob School. My grandmother went here, um, have her yearbooks, and I, I, I regret not buying it. I should have <laughs> recently, but maybe I'll have a chance in the future. So tell me a little bit about your family's history in Bald Knob. One side of my family goes back to the founding of, of the state here. Um, Six Mile Creek was a, a Revolutionary War land grant, so they've been here forever. And um, of course, we, we grew up out here as kids and moved to town in 1997, 1997, I think it was. So when I went to middle school, we, we went to town, but the, you know, the grandparents and most of the family have been out here forever in some capacity. So the, uh, the old family farm is out near Lebanon. And I'm still on the board of Lebanon Cemetery to this day. I really do most of the fundraising to, to keep that cemetery mode every year. And um, you know, some of the initiatives and, and some of the, the community initiatives have been part of the family forever. I remember I was stating, uh, told Alice when she was organizing this that I had to help because my, uh, my grandmother that was the cafeteria lady at Colleen Slane for forever, uh, she always did the food for the fall festival out here, so we were always the, the hot dogs and hamburgers at every fall festival for a decade or more. Um, so I had to help out, keep the lineage going. What were the fall festivals like before this? Uh, I think it was much the same. There's a lot of memories in this community. I, I know people talk about um, their experiences in the school over the, the generations, and they seem to oddly be very similar. It's nothing changed much, but fall festivals were always in the gymnasium. Um, there was a multitude of games, my grandparents running the concession stand, uh, the cotton candy and the popcorn, of course, um, some sweets and 
yeah. treats available and um, different games. I remember Beanbag tosses through, uh, you know, the the clown's face, uh, the ducks that you picked up, and somehow none of us can remember how you got a duck with a number on it and it correlated to something that you picked a prize. Christmas too. I remember uh, someone spurred a memory recently about uh, Christmas in elementary school here that um, the last day of school before you left, which would be coming up soon, right? Uh, but you left for Christmas break, you would get a, a brown bag filled with what an apple and an orange and a banana and a bunch of candy and some other things to go home with you. So I thought that was a neat uh, memory that got brought back that apparently was the same for kids for 50 years or more. Then Lane Lewis walked up. This is the one you need. This is the lady that made everything happen here back in the day. Lane came over to the Bald Knob Fall Festival today only after cutting and stacking wood for the winter. She told me about her connection to the school. I have three incredibly grown daughters who went to school here from kindergarten to sixth grade. Um, I spent a lot of time here just because I loved being at the school and doing things with the kids. Um, this was just a, a wonderful spot that the only thing we really worried about was when somebody's bull got out and was in the playground. Nobody had to clock in or give your ID or do your fingerprint or we were just all kind and wonderful to each other and looked out for one another and there's a lot of bald knob that still does that. Um, I think it was a it was a big giant family here and I know that along with some other parents I worked really hard to keep this school open so that my kids could go all the way through um, and then it closed and I'm so so happy that Alice has gotten it and is trying to put it back to its glory because it's a wonderful, wonderful building. So um, what work did you do to keep the school open and running? Well, we did a lot of petitioning to, to make that happen to, because there was such a huge community out here that used this school. Um, I uh, retired from Thornhill Education Center I did the FLIP program, Families Learning Through Interaction program, and I would do classes here in the evenings sometimes for students who, or people who wanted to get their GEDs or wanted to learn to read. So we would use the school in the evenings to do that. Uh, I just enjoyed hanging out with the kids. Um, so I would come and I did art for a while and just enjoyed being in the atmosphere, you know. Um, my daughter, Kelsey was our last graduate from, um, from Bald Knob, and she is now out of college and working for the Michael J. Fox Foundation, and so she's really happy to come back and see her old stomping grounds. But we remember crazy things like donkey basketball. Oh. So I know that this was more than a school for a lot of people. Um, this was a place that was kind of a community center for Bald Knob. Can you speak a little bit about that? Well, I think, um, you know, we all had children that went here. So we were all involved in what happened in the school and the school was kind of the focal point of the community. So you came to the school and you saw other parents and you were participant in any of the activities that happened here. And 
that, that was a focal point of communication. So, um, and I'm so happy that Alice is looking at trying to pull that back. The idea that we're having a Bald Knob Fall Festival, that's just awesome. And so many people are out here. This means a lot to a lot of people. We all were real sad to start watching it kind of decline, and now we see some life back in it again, and that's exciting. Alice has been mentioned a few times by now. As the festival began to slow down, she and I found time to sit and talk. Alice led me around the back of the school building near what was once an outdoor classroom space, and I asked her how she and her husband Joe came to own such a huge piece of this community's history. (laughs) Well, we were saving up to buy a farm and got this instead. (laughs) So, you know, me and Joe are both doers. We've always got lots of projects. We like to learn and do new things. We're both very hands-on, you know, we're, we have a lot of skill sets from you know, just working, just building things and fixing things and growing things. And so um, I was sitting downtown at the coffee tree and I heard a group of people talking about that the old Baldwin School was for sale. And so I just drove out here and it looked really I loved it. I love old buildings. And um, so I went and got him and said, hey, let's come look at this thing. (laughs) And uh, so we came out and we took a tour of it. We were here probably two hours. You know, it was dark. It had a lot of stuff in it. It was very overwhelming. It was hard to focus on the architecture. You know, like, what's that? What's this? You know. So we were here two hours, and they're like, I guess we've seen all we can see, and we don't have any questions because we have a million questions, so what's even, what, why even <laughs> ask anything? And um, we did, we left, and then we were thinking back, we're like, where was the cafeteria? And we had missed a whole floor. It's just so big, like we had missed it. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, we put a bid in on it, um, went back and forth for a little bit, and figured out a point and we've had it we got it in September of 2022 so we've had it a little over a year and we've obviously focused our energy the past year on the gym and getting that up and running then um, next year we're gonna focus on roof repair and gutters and which maybe we should have done that this past year but we really wanted a usable space if we you know, we decided really early on that we had to run play and work in tandem or we would get burnt out because we're doing all of the work ourselves. We haven't paid anyone to do anything. Everything that's been done has been us, minus a locksmith. So, I mean, in that, you know, like that new fascia board up on the back, I did that. That's what I'm working on right now. And I'm going to replace that gutter. Like we're doing all the labor ourselves. We don't have some big business plan. We don't have a big plan for it. We don't, and we don't have some big business loan, so we're doing it month by month out of pocket and doing what we can do with it, but it's been an adventure, you know. So tell me about, you're doing it month by month and you're doing it without, you know, a vision that goes too far past what tomorrow looks like, but there was a decision to start with the gym. Can you tell me about that and what you had in mind for getting that gym cleaned out? I mean, it's the funnest part of the whole thing, you know. Um, 
it was it, it was the easiest and it's the funnest you know like that's really even if we had started with the classroom then you have to back up into the hallway and then it's you're still tracking dirt and it's still like a construction zone feel we wanted a place where we could people could gather and so the gym was the easiest and it was the funnest so it was really nice that it was both of those things um the gym we emptied out the gym it had stuff in it and um cleaned it which we still don't, we don't have running water here so that's <laughs> it takes me three buckets of water to clean that gym floor i know for a fact <laughs> and um and then we scraped it and painted it and um we got scaffolding which was a a big game changer you know everything we need to do is 45 feet in the air and you can't I'm not getting on a ladder to do that so the scaffolding was great um, the first thing I do when I got the scaffolding was I cut down the fake bodies that were hanging from the rafters from the old haunted house <laughs> and the second thing I do is I fix the disco ball because that's very important and was a big selling point <laughs> this is just it's such a big project but you are making it a bite-sized project. You're doing it piece by piece. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about like that philosophy? Like what inspires you to, to, you know, scrub a square inch of something that is a mile wide? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, every project, even if it's a smaller project, ends up being just a million littler projects. So I just do, I try to do as many projects as I can and I do what I can do. Um, and, you know one of the main ways I don't get overwhelmed with it all is like this building has sat for a long time it was here way before I got here it's going to be here way after I leave you know so I progress is progress and I <laughs> am happy with the progress that I'm able to make also you know this is like um an ADHD wonderland I can't eat. <laughs> If I get bored with one thing, I'll just move on and do something else. And so that's really nice. There's always things to do. You know, I'm, I'm, I like to putz around. I like to tinker. That's exactly what this is. It's just on a big scale, you know. And so I've, a lot of the stuff I'm doing, I already knew how to do. I just didn't know how to do it on a more industrial level. Um, and, you know, anything that you're going to do that you're going to pay someone to do it's it's just a person that's doing it they may have more knowledge and more practice and better tools but it's just a person that's doing it so if I can get myself to a certain knowledge base and a certain skill level I'll, I can figure it out and it may take me a little bit longer and it may not be as fancy, although it, it may be, depends on, <laughs> depends on the project. Um, but yeah, so just you know, do the, just do the thing. When did you know that you were ready to invite other people into this area? When did you know that you were ready for people to come see the gym, that you were ready for, for this to be when people who maybe went to school here 30 years ago could come back? So I'm, I'm trying to let the building kind of decide what it wants to be. You know, it's a big building. She's a beast. She, I'm not going to tell this building what to do. <laughs> you know, this building will break me if I, if I, if I try to make it into something. Um, 
so I've really just kind of followed the the energy, like what comes my way. You know, I posted on the Bald Knob Facebook page, like, would people be interested in a fall festival here? And I got good response. And so I was like, all right, I'm, I'll, let's do it. You know, I, I haven't planned an event before. We haven't opened it up to the public, but now's as good a time as any. You know, I mean, I, I, <clears throat> at what point is it acceptable? You know, like, do I need to have every window fixed? No, I don't need to have every window fixed in the gym. Does it need to not have peeling paint? Yes, we will do that. You know, like, do I, you know, like, what do I really need to open up a space to people? Um, and it's not just any space. I mean, the Balnau community is very attached to this building. A lot of history here. You know, they haven't been inside it in a long time. Um, and I, you know, I hang out in it. I, my family hangs out in it, my friends. So what's, what's the difference? You know, like, I... And I, I'm a big advocate of building community and, you know, I didn't like, like doing the, the winter clothing drive, you know, inviting you to come interview. Like those are things that build community, you know, and I, that help people out and help their quality of life. And I, I like that stuff. So, um, tell me about the coat swap. Tell me about why that was something that felt important for you to do. Um, apparently, I'm going to be having a cope swap for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I'll just, you know, I'll post it. I'll like those. They're still free. I'll move them. Um, you know, I'm a mom. I'm a kid. I have kids. I know. You know, my son. He was a brand new size every season. He needed a whole new wardrobe four times a year. You know, I know that costs money. A lot of people are able to do that around Christmas. It's already cold by then. The coat swaps need to happen before it gets cold um, and everyone's got their, their kid, you know you put your kids coat on you're like oh this doesn't fit and so it just it that was an easy d decision once I thought of that I was like that's perfect just because you have a bunch of people in one place so throw up a table and, and have some free stuff I'm, I'm a big fan of free stuff so what sort of relationships have you been able to fo well actually first question first question is did you know when you when you first decided yes we're doing a fall festival? Did you know that that was something that Bald Knob used to do 20, 30 years prior? I didn't know, but I assumed since it was a school. <laughs> so I, you know, um, yeah, I figured that this wasn't going to be the first annual <laughs> Bald Knob Fall Festival. So my first annual, but no, I, I figured there were school festivals here. And, you know, we've all been to little small-time, old-timey school festivals, so that was just, that was my theme. Anything, you know, silent auction, cakewalk, music, food, games, prizes. You know, all of, it was pretty, there's already kind of a standard feel for it, and so I just kind of added a few things here and there, and yeah, so, yeah. So many people here spoke of you by name and spoke of you very fondly. And they're people who have been here for a really long time and have, have clearly been impressed and interested and invested in the work that you're doing here. Do you, even though you are kind of a, a recent addition to the Bald Knob community, how have you felt, have you felt welcomed? Have you felt invited in? And have you, do you feel a connection with them? Yeah, I, I mean, people are really connected to this place. I, I, 
I mean, obviously today is a testament as to how many people showed up and supported this. And I really appreciate it, you know, when you're doing something of this scale, like fixing up an old building, you know, I'm, I'm out of my, this is a new, new adventure for me. Having an event is a new adventure to me. You know, I'm really out of my comfort zone. I'm kind of pushing myself, uh, particularly like having an event and inviting essentially a large group of strangers into a space I've spent a year fixing you know I'm I'm attached to it <laughs> too now and I and I just I I really appreciate the the support I mean you know Brad Rubel he volunteered to sing we had simply Becky's volunteered to do sponsor the cakewalk um, you know you came out I've had a lot of the vendors are local spice of life and you know like the vendors and the food truck they signed on when this was just an idea and i hadn't even advertised it yet and so you know you could put down your time energy and money and you don't know if you're going to get anything back from it so i really appreciate them stepping up on something that was new before it even had any traction that they were like yeah we're we're in and so i really um it's been pretty heartwarming it's been like what is a room in this building that so i love that i got to see the gymnasium and i loved the ball closet that I was set up in. oh the PE teachers yeah. got yeah 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 <laughs> but um are there places in here that just feel special to you that you uh, the library does it sell books oh yeah tell me about the library it's, i mean it's exactly what you would picture you know big long room wall built-in wooden bookcases all around and then on one end is the chalkboard with the old pull-down maps yeah and then it's got you know the big windows you can see if you look at the front of the school the front door and there's that like metal cornice work that window is a library window okay so right at the front mm -hmm. okay. yeah so you can look out the you know it's very like lady godiva <laughs> kind of like over there so I'm like oh I need to put some giant French doors in these windows that I can like swing open well because there was uh you know the beauty they had the beauty pageant here and if you the winner of the beauty pageant was Queen Knobknocker no really <laughs> yes really and I found I went to this cocktail party and you know people dressed all fancy and I was just being silly so I wore a big like taffeta, I'm probably not saying that word right, um, hot pink prom dress, like huge, just, <laughs> that's what I'm wearing, right? And someone came, so my, came up to me and said, my mother was Miss Knobknocker, 1957. And I, I said, excuse me? And, because she knew I'd bought the school, and so she tells me, well, yeah, the beauty pageant they used to have, and you were crowned Miss Knobknocker. And I was like, really, I've been walking around this whole time? I mean, I'm obviously Queen Knobknocker. I bought the bill of, I'm like the, that's your the, stage name now. <laughs> and I was wearing this gown. gown. I was like, I, why don't I have a sash? <laughs> That's your Halloween costume if forever now. If I was feeling weirder, I would have worn that too. I should have worn it for the cake, run the cakewalk in my knob knocker, queen knob knocker prom gown. <laughs> There's still time. Yeah. I will pull it out for some event. That's so cool. I asked her if she knew about Bald Knob School's twins, the near-identical schools built around the same time in Franklin County. 
it was this in Peaks Mill and Thornhill. And Bridgeport, yeah. And a lot of the schools, the old WPA schools, very similar architecture, you know. And so that's, even if you don't live in this area, walking into this gym brings a lot of that nostalgia. Most people that grew up in Kentucky have been in a WPA gym. Either they went to school at one or they played a basketball game in one or, you know. WPA stands for Works Progress Administration, a New Deal program which employed Depression-era job seekers to construct public works projects. In Kentucky, WPA-built schools were often in rural areas, replacing what would have been a community's one-room schoolhouse. Alice says the design of the gym is the most iconic piece of the WPA standard school plans. It's just quintessential gym the vaulted ceiling got the stage on one side you know like it just that's what you if you ask someone to draw a gym that's probably what they would draw alice posts updates and event invitations on the facebook page the old bald knob school in december she hosted a holiday craft fair and free holiday market currently the page is making plans for an event a few months out the bald knob business showcase on may 11th Alice says the event is a way to highlight small businesses run by local folks, including farmers, housekeepers, plumbers, and carpenters, the people doing the hard work that seems so integral to the spirit of Bald Knob. This community is made up of doers and makers, people who see a need and get right to work, doing what they can with their sleeves rolled up. Alice and Joe seem to fit right in. I offer my thanks to my guests, Eleanor Haskin-Wagner, Jean Redding, Connie Moore, Donna McKeon, Jim Bowman, Brad Rubel, Brian Miracle, Justin Howard, James Lacey, Eric Wisman, Lane Lewis, and Alice C. Thank you to the Capital City Museum for providing constant support, to the City of Frankfurt for making this production possible, and to you, listener, for sharing your time here with me. Any Old Place acknowledges the long history of life in the land we now know as Frankfort, Kentucky, which has been home to Cherokee, Osage, Yuchi, and Shawnee peoples. Any Old Place is a production of the Capital City Museum in Frankfort, Kentucky. To learn more about the Capital City Museum, visit capitalcitymuseum.com or come see us in person at 325 Ann Street, Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. This program has been recorded, edited, and produced by me, Clay Wallace. I offer it to you, listener, with the belief that story grounds you in both space and time, and with the hope that it inspires you to befriend the world around you. You can find something worth tending in any old place. <laughs>